The transaction's over. It's time to move on. DeAndre Ayton, no longer a member of the Phoenix Suns. If you look at the shirt I'm wearing, neither is Chris Paul, neither is Mikhail Bridges, neither is Jay Crowder. That starting five that went to the 2021 NBA Finals is left with just Devin Booker. And that includes the entire roster and coaching staff. It's time to move on. The narrative that DeAndre Ayton was talking about changing this past offseason has completely and utterly changed. This has been probably some of the wildest basketball off seasons that I've ever seen for the Phoenix Suns, completely flipping the roster. 13 new players they're bringing in to camp, knowing that they're going to have to shave a couple off following some transactions that occurred a couple days ago. So it's time now that we've had a, a moment to step away. You know, Matthew, you and I went live right as after the transaction happened, as did Suns Geek, who yeah. is joining us as well. So, you know, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Thank you for you. Both of your dedication. When the Suns traded DeAndre Ayton for Yusef Nurkic and other assets, we were all live on our old on our own channels, talking about exactly what we had just witnessed. And that's one thing I want to talk about today. Is we'll talk about kind of now that we have a little separation from that event, that massive event in Phoenix Suns history, where we're at with it. But before we get to that, how you guys doing? Fantastic. I'm doing great. <laughs> doing great, man. doing How great. It's doing? Friday night, hanging out with the Jamsters. <laughs> Nothing better, man. I'm excited to talk more DA. You know, it's funny, John, because you and I were DMing each other, and I was like, "Yeah, I was thinking of going live, and I want to talk about this, that, and that." And like our shows were pretty much the exact same thing, and you were like, "Why don't we just go live on both channels? Let's do it because it's like the exact same show, man." <laughs> I did we're not saving... want to come on unless you were here, Sons Geek. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Thank you, man. I need to mix <laughs> it up. I need to get the threesome going with you, dude. It's boring with just John, right? Wait until well, I visit I'm Phoenix in a week. Well, Matthew has actually been on like a writer's strike. He's been picketing out in front of my house, <laughs> walking up and down, being like, unless there's Suns Geek on the show, I will not <laughs> yeah. go. And he's been chanting that. The neighbors are really frustrated. He knocked over my recycle bin, which is kind of rude, Matthew. That's like, a message, though, right? It did. The message Don't recycle because it doesn't count. Well, and we <laughs> got recycles. Suns Geek. We got no one recycles. Everybody recycles, but it all ends up in the same place. But we got Suns Geek on the show, and we're simultaneously casting this on both the Suns Geek show and on the Suns Jam session uh, for that exact reason that Brandon mentioned. It's like, we're going to be talking about the same topics. Why not save you some time so you don't have to spend two hours out of your day going, okay, I got to watch the Suns Geek show. I got to watch the Suns Jam session. Fuck, these guys should have got to get. We did you the favor. That's what we did. Okay, you're welcome, Jamsters. And what did we end up calling the, the, the Geek Squad? The Geekateers or something like that. The, th I the three Geekateers. So much has happened yeah. since then. <laughs> God, that was the Bradley Beal trade days. Yep. Oh, so long ago. <laughs> so again, welcome to everybody who's watching along live on either the Suns Geek channel or on the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate you taking a little time out of your day to do so. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you subscribe, review, do all that fun stuff. Pop over to the other feed. You know, get to know some of the people in the chat there. Do the same. If you're listening to the Suns Jam Session podcast at a later time, please, please give us a five-star review and write a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read it right here on the show. There's plenty to talk about. So this is a good opportunity to kind of let us know what your thoughts are on the show and if we're doing a good job or not, because it's just so hard <laughs> to stay covering the Phoenix Suns. So uh, without further ado, I'm popping open a Coors Light. As Matthew said, it is a Friday night and I feel yeah. all right. Suns Geek, are you popping in open anything special tonight? 
I probably should be, and you guys know why, but I'm kind of drunk off coffee right now. Yes. So coffee. You know, yeah. Coffee. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe when nah. I visit Phoenix in a week, I'll be wasted. Yeah, you know buddy. I mean? Yeah, oh, what? buddy. You come to Phoenix in a week? Yeah, man. It's I, don't know about that. I thought I told you. <laughs> man, I don't listen. <laughs> My bad. Live reaction on the show, Matthew. Yeah. Just learned. What? Because we're, we're talking about potentially doing oh, like a live show together, man. It's going to be really, really yeah, fun. I'm sorry, dude. Jeez, uh, Matthew, I assume that you're drinking malt liquor or peppermint schnapps. I will be drinking a beer in about an hour. Where are you going Ooh. drinking tonight? Yo, I'm going to go up to Zips for about Ooh. an hour to hang out with some friends. Zips is get so a, good. Get a Bud Light, maybe. Get some of those golden medium wings. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty hungry. I haven't eaten in a while, so a couple hours. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to eat this beer. <laughs> you eat it. I'm going to eat my coffee. <laughs> and let's talk about the narrative being changed. So obviously the big news that's hit the waiver wire and is, is you know, bitty, 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 the Yusef Nurkic is now a member of the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, I feel like that's what we should we should call it now. It's the the Nurkic for Aiton trade. It's not, you know, the, the DA trade, the goodbye. That's saying goodbye to the past. We have to focus on the future. And what I really want to talk about, you know, is kind of our perception of Nurkic on this trade. But I'll start by asking you guys, this simple question. We're two days away from the deal. I'll start with you, Suns Geek. Tell me how you felt when it happened and where you are right now. Like, give me a grade when it happened and give me a grade of the trade where you're at right now. To answer both questions, I'm going to give it a B minus for the day it happened, like my actual reaction. And even now, because we've had a couple days to process, as I call it, we've had a couple days to do homework. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm still giving it a B. And maybe it's just because there was just so much happening and Damian Lillard was involved in everything. Maybe that's why it seems a little underwhelming. But we can't, I, I, I don't care if you, you know, watch all this film and you look up all the stats and you do X, Y, and Z. We cannot judge this trade until they have actually played some games and we kind of know what this team looks like. So I'm going to give it a B minus. What about you guys? I feel like you and I had that conversation on the side, didn't we? Uh, yep, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know until you see it. But Matthew, yeah, what grade do you give it when it happened? What grade do you give it now? When it happened, um, the trade itself, I didn't like. I didn't like mm-hmm. getting Nurkic and those guys back. I don't know if it's a good return or not, but that's his trade value. I give it about maybe a D or a C in there, uh, maybe a C minus. Yeah, let's go with the C minus. The next day, uh, yesterday, I didn't really feel anything. I kind of forgot about it. I kind of forgot the DA is gone. But then I saw today he's in Portland. Um, I think he's that was happy. Today. He seems yeah, yeah. The energy is there with DA. Dominating's in the house. Oh, he's excited to be there. <laughs> a new, uh, a new, a new beginning for him. A fresh start. You know, fresh starts are. A lot of people think like, well, if I go somewhere else, if I move somewhere else, things will be different, right? Things will change. Mm-hmm. Not all the time. You know, you mm-hmm. can get rid of the bad people in your life. That'll definitely help. And maybe there were some guys on that roster with the Suns that DA could not stand. And for him to grow, he needs to move away from. But I think in a new situation, nothing's going to change unless you go out there and prove it. Um, we've seen that from DA, him being happy and stuff. So it's good to see him there wearing number two. He's excited. 
right now, um, I'm gonna stick with just a C minus just overall as you know, just grading the trade itself. You know, it's kind of nice to not worry about DA. I was kind of waiting for those feelings I had, like when Mikhail was gone. I was up for like a week every night. Yeah, you looking were at Mikhail Bridges stuff, and I was freaking I was upset. I was. It was kind of like a breakup. The first time I heard about it with KD coming, I was fine with it. I was excited. When when Mikhail, I'm like, oh, Mikhail's gone and Cameron Johnson. That was upsetting to me. Um, but right now I'm just I'm not upset. I'm kind of forgetting about it. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I think it's it's great that he is gone and I'm happy for him to have a fresh start, but there's nothing that tells me that he's going to have a good career that we're going to miss and the whole Nurkic return. Who knows? Another guy that has something to prove too. And he's standing next to a big ass cactus on Twitter (laughs) and he's excited to be here in Arizona. Yeah. I'm kind of with you to, uh, in the aspect that the feelings that I feel upon Deandre Ayton's departure don't obviously match those of when Mikhail Bridges left. Uh, you know, when it happened, I gave the the trade a D minus. I feel like the Phoenix Suns got fleeced. I feel like they were desperate. I feel like they zoned in on one player and were doing anything they could to make it happen. And I took into account that if you look at the three best players in this trade, we ended up with the fourth best one. So that was a D minus. But again, a couple days later, absorbing more, reading more, uh, researching more, hearing things come out one thing that i've kind of taken out of the, the of as a factor is the fact that dame lillard is in milwaukee and was like well if we have to play them in the finals yeah that, that's a big what if because i actually think milwaukee kind of got a little worse obviously uh with dame lillard just due to the fact that i think that drew, Hall, drew holiday and what he did fit what they like to do perfectly and having an offensive player like dame lillard is going yeah. to really compromise their identity on defense and that's what their identity is uh, I think that the Portland Trailblazers obviously aren't done doing what they what they're doing, but ultimately I look at it now and 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 I give it a B minus now. And part of the reason is, as we talked about when the live reaction happened, that Kevin O'Connell put some of that information out there that the Suns' uh, interior or, or interior mo- or, or, or ulterior motives, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant didn't want him here, so if they didn't <laughs> want him here then fuck man. Like they, they gotta be right. I, I got to side with them on that. You know, that's part of it. The other part of it is, uh, you know, the fact that we're bringing back some depth. I don't know if it's great depth, but we're bringing back some depth, but we also gave ourselves some flexibility that Deandre Ayton based on all the conversations that we're having that, that were occurring, wasn't going to be productive or happy here as much as we want him to be and wanted to see him play under Frank Vogel and believe that he could be that defensive anchor. To see how happy he was in Portland today fortified how unhappy he was in Phoenix, in my opinion. Did yeah. you guys feel that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I definitely did. Um, I, I think that he can put on that show, though, his energy and stuff, and be That's pumped true. up and ready. You know what I mean? He's done that before. Um, just to be happy in a place for, for with a fresh start is what he needed. Um, the whole thing, though, where I don't know if you listened to Bill Simmons today, but he was all over the sun saying this was a bad idea. Yeah, all of a sudden, was, Bill Simmons was a DeAndre uh, Aiden uh, fan? He, what the fuck he was does, that? Anytime the Suns do anything, he's always on the opposite team's side. He's Preach. always I want to hear from Rosillo. Rosillo hates Aiden. He's like, good, they had to yeah. do. He understands. Yeah. He goes back to the finals run, and oh, hey, we had a guy that can defend the perimeter. All this stuff was two years ago. Nothing happened since. Nothing showed us that he actually improved, and we can count him on him in those kind of instances where he can guard a Giannis or even a Jokic. But no one can really guard those guys anyways. So I don't even know what we're talking about because he's talking about who's going to guard 
who on the on the Milwaukee Bucks because they have Lillard, who's a defensive like he he can't play liability. Defense. He's a liability, and no one can guard anybody. He had a list of guys that's like Devin Booker, all the All Star starter, uh, point guards, shooting guards out there. Who's gonna guard those guys on that team? It's like no one can guard those guys. So the reason like you can maybe be upset that we lost DA is the potential of him being so versatile when he wants to play defense on the perimeter and in the paint and how good he can eventually be against a Giannis or Jokic. But there's nothing in the last two years that showed us that he's improved on that, that we can count on him in this season. So to see him in, in Portland with that team, and I know Drew Hawley is not going to be there, with that team around him of young guys, I'm like, oh, there's one guy that's going to join that team, Scoot Henderson. He's going to be... He's gonna be a Devin Booker type. Exactly. He's he gonna he's gonna expect a lot out of DA. <clears throat> but and he's, he's a grinder. He's, yep. He is gonna want to win instantly. So for DA to go to a new team and it is young, hey, I can be the vocal. No, 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 Scoot's gonna be the guy. You have to fall in line. So we'll see how that lasts, how long that lasts, and how Scoot can even actually deal with this guy in DeAndre Aiden. I mean, th- there's a lot obviously to break down right there. First off, the DA break stuff, it down, you geek. know. <laughs> Usually the, the, is after I talk. <laughs> so a lot of there. Like, I understand you're kind of putting on a show for the cameras, and I get it. Like, you don't want to go into a new job and be like, oh, this job sucks, and I hate this place. Get me out of here. But, like, you know, just like Phoenix Suns fans would do, and they're going to continue to do, it's like show your excitement with your play, DeAndre. And so yes. even though I think it was a little over the top what he said in that video, you know, like, I feel like I just get drafted. I'm so excited to be here whatever it is, what it is, go and prove it, especially when we play them back-to-back in preseason games. I want to see, you know, how great DeAndre Ayton is going to be and how excited he is to play for the Blazers. But going to the Milwaukee thing just real quick, mm-hmm. something that I think is getting a little overlooked, they didn't trade Chris Middleton. I'm just throwing that out there. To be honest with you, I don't know what their bench looks like. I don't know how good they're going to be on defense. They got Jay Crowder on it. They got Jay Crowder, you know what I mean? It's like... I, I think they're going to be okay. I don't know if they're a finals contender. And I did see a couple of those like, oh, well, we made the Milwaukee Bucks better and all that. Let's just get to the fucking playoffs already. Excuse yeah. my language. Let's just start the season. Worry about all that later. Uh, but I don't know. That's just kind of my thoughts. <laughs> well, and, and a big thing that a lot of uh, what frustrates Suns fans is ultimately what Aiton's market value was. A max center not necessarily earned, right? Like he had a really good postseason in 2021. And outside of that, it's been inconsistent, but the Suns astutely signed him to a max, not right away. And there could be some, some fallout from that. Like Gerald Borgay of PHNX had a good point where he stated that because the Suns didn't give him a max right after that 2021, when he was initially eligible, even it, it probably should have been the right thing to do to keep up his engagement. And instead it deterred him from his success and he, he held resentment and it continued. And that's ultimately what broke and fractured the relationship with him and Monty Williams and him with uh, Matt Ishbia, him with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant is uh, the fact that his relationship all, what was fractured because he didn't feel like he was properly valued. They do give him a max contract. So now on paper, he's a max contract player. Uh, you can't tell me that you believe he played, or you can tell me, and I would just disagree with you. I'll say it that way, that he was a max contract center last year. 18 and 10, those are great numbers. Those are Miles Turner numbers. Miles yep. Turner is not a max contract center. So a big frustrating part that a lot of Phoenix Suns fans are dealing with is the fact that the return on Don, DeAndre Ayton, there's two deals that we've heard about this offseason. One was Tim Hardaway Jr., 
Rashawn Holmes and JaVale McGee, and I think like a second round pick from the Ma- the Dallas Mavericks, or what we ultimately got, which was Yusef Nurkic. Uh, we got Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and also Keon jo- uh, Johnson back. That's what his value was. And that's where a lot of Suns fans feel fleeced because it's like, well, you hear all these big names changing teams and you try to make the trade happen on NBA 2K and it's fucking impossible because it's like, <laughs> like, I don't even know. There's too many roster spots. But at the same time, that's his market value. And I love what John, uh, Long John Silver, 85, one of our elite jamsters on the Suns Jam Session podcast say, states, he says, you guys are walking into a tattoo shop with 15 bucks and expecting to get a sleeve. That is a great way to put exactly what happened. The Suns fans walked in with it with 15 bucks, which was DeAndre Ayton, and we wanted yep. to get a sleeve tattoo. And ultimately, we got back what was fair market value. Now, we'll discuss what that market value was and how these pieces fit, but do you feel that that's a, a, a fair assumption? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that uh, what we got back is just what we got back. For me, my mindset's just like kind of moving on from him like they were trying to do. It's pulling the trigger between before media day, before training camp to make mm-hmm. sure that he is not with the team and that they don't have to wait mm-hmm. till the trade deadline. That, that was the biggest thing. And, you know, I'm not talking negative about him. I'm not. I'm just saying that that's obviously what they wanted to do. And I don't know. Sons Geek, you were talking. I guess you guys said earlier there was a Ishbia piece or something about yep. the athletic. So I think when the owner is actually involved and he knows and everyone's like, oh, I couldn't wait. I think Bill Simmons said it too. With Frank Vogel, I wanted to see how he can do. Frank Vogel had the opportunity, I'm sure, with DA to meet him and see what's going on. It's not like he came to the team and he's like, Oh, I didn't even get to meet him. I didn't even get to understand. No, no, no. There's something there. Obviously that even Vogel who's been here for a couple months picked up on. And that's why he's out. And that's why we didn't get a big return because the whole league knows how and what DA is, except for the Pacers who were willing to offer the max. And now the Blazers who had no option other than to get a DA to excite their fan base of the potential of what he might be. I feel like a lot of the conversation all season long between Suns fans, you know, writers, podcasters, and, and you know, myself and everything is going to be the whole like, what if with DeAndre Ayton? What if we would have kept him till the trade deadline, the Frank Vogel stuff? And I truly do take Frank Vogel at his word. I do believe he was building a relationship, even if it was just through the phone, man. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. He but kissed him through the phone. As you guys <laughs> referenced here, uh, this does come from The Athletic. Now, Hoops Hype posted this, but this is from The Athletic. It's from David Aldridge, Sam Amick. Um, appar- apparently, and I'm going to try to read this as best I can here, um, Matt Ishbia, as The Athletic was told, was very involved in this deal. Phoenix not only wanted more depth, but also players who they believed were a better fit for Devin Booker, Durant, and Beal. Nurkic, the 29-year-old big man, who was signed through the 2025-26 campaign, was a longtime target on that front who they're thrilled to have landed. So, you know, and and, and be, even before that came out, I heard a couple other, I think it was like Arizona Sports and all of them talking about it. It was like, well, what if it was Devin Booker and Kevin Durant who wanted DeAndre Ayton gone? I think this was a, a bunch of people. It was an now, organizational I, decision. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. Now, who knows if James Jones was involved in that? Maybe, you know, during the media day, we'll figure, we'll find that out. But, you know, when the owner is, you know, quote, involved in the decision, as the athletic put it, that's where it all starts right there. And again, I do believe Frank Vogel wanted to keep D.A. and build a great relationship with him. That's that's the biggest what if. But as Devin Booker said, 
if it's what is it? If if it's were fists, we'd all be drunk or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still, Perfect. I'm gonna talk about it all season. You know what I mean? I don't care, yeah. man. I, I really wanted to see DA on this team, even just for a little bit. I did too, a hundred percent. And yes, it is an ultimate what if. And Sundress Dunk says in the chat, it will always be a what if unless we win the chip. Exactly. And yep. It's and that's just the way that you know that is the narrative. We talk about the narrative being changed. That is the narrative of this season. This is a swinging point for this season, for this franchise, because we'll never know truly what happened. So if the Phoenix Suns win the finals, it was the right decision. Preach. And I asked I asked Matthew this question when it first occurred, and I'll ask you this same question, Suns Geek. At what point does it not become the right decision? If the Suns don't win the finals, if the Suns make the final, or, or if, if, if the Suns make the finals but don't win it, if the Suns make the Western Conference finals but don't advance, or, the, or the, if the Phoenix Suns, don't get out of the second round. At what point are you going to turn back and be like, well, if we had DA? I would say, now, let, let's say we're 90% healthy and we get eliminated in the Western Conference Finals. That's when I say it was a, at least a failure for this season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We get to the finals, though. I think that sometimes gets overlooked. Like, yeah, you didn't win the championship. And I know the Suns lost four in a row in 2021. I get it. I don't care. They still made the finals. So, in my opinion... They have to get to the finals. No excuses. Matthew, do you agree? I do. I do. And it, it depends how DA plays in Portland. Um, yep. If he goes out there and he balls and they're winning, because they might be a playoff team. If they can maybe get a return, not maybe like a fringe team, but they can absolutely win. Yeah, borderline, with, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that roster, it's pretty good. So if he can kind of carry them there and what play the Suns in the first round, who the fuck Ooh. knows? That's probably what's going to happen. NBA like script that. writers crazy. taking notes. A big upset. <laughs> DA beats Phoenix. Then that's when I stab myself right in the heart a couple times because I'll probably miss a few times. So I don't know what is it the heart in the middle or on the left side. I forget. It's, it's changed. You let me. You let me know once you start okay. stabbing. <laughs> that's that's when I'll know. Like, oh well, we fucked up. Can, um, can but we, that's uh, that's up to DA to show us what he has this year and if we're gonna be regrettable or to g- regret it. What's up? I was just, Some, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, Matt. I was just going to say, can we not be the Tracy McGrady of the NBA and actually get out of the second round? You know what I mean? Two years in a row, man. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Well, you look at at this this deal in its totality. Okay, so DA's gone. Period. Narrative changed. It's the Nurkic deal. What about this deal worries you? And don't say health because health is always the fucking answer for everything. If you want to say yeah. health, then you got to be worried about Katie. You got to be worried about Bradley Beal. You got to be worried about Devin Booker. And I get the best ability is availability. But outside of that, like, is there anything about acquiring not just Nurkic, but Allen and Little and Johnson that worries you? Nothing would, worries me. Oh, go ahead, Sunky. My bad. I'm, I'm totally cutting you off and interrupting You're you. You're good. Your chemistry is lame. <laughs> I would say patience and i'm gonna just bounce off what john just said right there chemistry just patience though because let's be real we were talking about this when we traded for bradley beal it is going to take some time there's going to be nights with how great beal and katie and booker are where the ball's just not going to go in the damn basket and and i'm probably going to be overreacting you guys will be overreacting son's twitter will be on fire but then we'll win like three in a row and everything will be okay so i would say patience and chemistry there's nothing to me deep down when I dig deep for this one. I really am not worried about anything over about a return because I was the opposite where I just realized, you know, DA just had to go. All right. I've already mm-hmm. talked about that. But the next thing is like we have pieces back that it's more depth, right? Nurkic has to stay healthy, obviously. Now you said not to stay health, 
but I'm not going to say health. I'm going to say just getting these guys on the court and meshing well. I think that Nurkic is excited to be here, and if he does stay healthy, that's great. But it's just the chemistry that they're going to have without DA. So there's nothing really that worries me at all. I really don't think, and I'm probably going to eat my words like I always do, I really don't think you go into the season and all of a sudden you start losing game. Like That's not going to happen. The, the thing is health, but John told me not to say health. So I'm going to say there's no worries then. Because if this team says, oh, I'm going to say it again. If this team stays healthy. Ah, oh, shit. Go ahead, John. It's <laughs> so, true, though. What, what, what I dislike is what it does ultimately for us on defense. Because Nurkic is a slower defender on the perimeter, which might not matter night to night. But come the postseason, he's the kind of big that gets targeted in pick and roll after pick and roll after pick and roll. So that does concern me. The one aspect that DeAndre Ayton had was it was hard to play him off the court. He would play himself off the court with his attitude, energy, and engagement. Yes. But it wasn't his physical ability that got him off the court. Whereas Nurkic, I can see during the regular season, Nurkic was is going to be great for this team. That's why Suns Brass wanted him. Because he makes sense within the confines of this offense and defense. Because night to night, they're not going to be as much targeting and, and high pick and rolls, trying to pull him away from uh, the basket consistently. But when you get into a series, as we all know, by game two, three, and four, the opposition is they identify the pigeon and they attack, attack, Preach. attack. And that is the one thing that really is it, that, that I'm going to be that, that I have like seven months until I get to see what is what I believe is the weakness of this team play out in front of me. Um, outside of that, you know, I think that our floor was ultimately raised. Our ceiling wasn't raised, but our floor was raised because of the type of depth that we have. And that being said, like, and we'll go into the individual players, you know, but I will say what I do like about this deal, especially when, as it pertains to Nurkic, I like that he stretches the floor. You look at him uh, as compared to, DeAndre Ayton when it comes to three-point shooting and good, bad, or indifferent. He's a better three-point shooter on higher volume. Okay, he doesn't t- he doesn't chuck up a ton of threes, but last year he averaged 2.3 three-point attempts per game, and he had 36% of them. Whether you like it or not, like that's good, and that's not something that DA had. So that's an upgrade there. Uh, he's also somebody who has playmaking ability. He can bring the ball up the court. He's a sneaky good passer. Uh, he's more confident in his passing, something that DA was decent at, but didn't, but lacked the confidence to do so. Yep. And when you throw him the ball, he kept fucking catches it. Uh, he's more fun to play with as the Suns five on two K than DA is. I'll tell you that. Uh, I'm already enjoying that little change. And th- but again, that's a lot of regular season analysis. It's the postseason where I really think that this could ultimately hurt the Suns. But at the same time, it's going to come up to Frank Vogel and how he attacks that. If he goes, yeah, Nurkic is getting played off the court right now. Katie's going at the five. But, the but you know, again, the positive to the negative is Nurkic is coming into a system that highly values him and Frank Vogel who wants to coach him. And that unto itself is valuable. Yeah, that is. And um, the thing is, like, the past two years, dude, I just don't – I know it's DA and the potential, but what what are we seeing to where we're like, okay, we can count on DA's defense. You know what I mean? Like, I know he's better. It's there, but he did not want to stay consistent with it. That's the scary thing because we know what Nurkic is, right? We'll see what he is. But like, okay, that's what we're going to expect every night. He's going to put it out there unless he's hurt. 
DA, his defense just wasn't there after the finals run. It really wasn't. Games here and there, it was. But even the Pelican series a year ago, mm-hmm. you couldn't count on them. And that really, the, all those guys, like the way the Pelicans were built, they were like just dominating us in the paint. They were huge. DA was nowhere to be found in that series. So I'm, that's why I'm saying like, that's why I don't understand like how we can keep talking about the defensive part because I don't care about the defense part. Long John Silver said in there, he said like defense doesn't win championships, but offense does. I'm a big believer in that too, but but I think the chemistry is just the biggest thing. If you can get that chemistry back to where it was, because the reason the Suns never won a championship with Chris Paul is because there was always injuries. Chris Paul would get hurt, right? Devin Booker would get hurt. Or Drew was, Holiday made a great defensive play on Devin exactly, Booker that could have Exactly, on Devin Booker, who's exactly. a limited... Yeah, but Devin Booker at that time too, two years, three years ago, he was limited as a player, as the player he is now, I feel like. In that you situation better. of him going head-to-head against... Um, uh, Drew, I just think that Drew was the better defender to what Devin Booker wanted to do in that position to win the game or to tie the game. He was just the better defender in that situation. But now Booker's a better player. That's the way Booker's been his whole career. He's always taken on the next step, the next challenge, even though it doesn't look good. But in the next few seasons, he improves and he'll be able to hit that shot next time. I don't know if that makes sense, but I hope that I answered your question. I'm excited for Nurkic, man. <laughs> what I is just, going on tonight? Everything you guys just said, pretty much. Am I, I good? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to listen to this one later. I'm just, I'm just going to just pretty much shower. back up everything you guys just said right there. Um, you know, Nurkic yeah. will be, it, I don't know if this is fair to say, but like if, you know, Matt Ishbia, James Jones and everybody, even Booker and Katie, if they said, you know, Nurkic can do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, there's the salaries involved in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though Aiden is the better player, Nurkic can still do X, Y, and Z. That's all we need. Plus, we're getting a pesky, hated player in Grayson Allen and somebody who I think is a little underrated, Nazir Little, however you pronounce his first name. Yeah, we'll talk about that, him momentarily. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I think that's kind of what they went over. And then they looked at everything that's gone on with Aiden the past five years, which you we could all spend hours upon hours doing podcasts and shows talking about the last five years with Aiden. But I, I think that pretty much just sums it up right there. And, and you know, we'll find out. And, but at the same time, we may never find out. I just, you know, media day is going to be interesting. <clears throat> that it will be. Oh, that it will be. So talking about the other <laughs> assets involved, Grayson Allen, uh, playoff experience, a fuck shit up guy, adds overall depth. What are hated. your guys' thoughts? Yeah, hated. You know, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew, what do you think about Grayson Allen? Do you think that... Uh, this is a good addition for the Suns. Is he a little duplicitous with other members of the roster? Will he see time? I, like I don't a jail know. time. I was I was excited. I was excited just to have him on my team. But the more and more I hear about him and how he's just actually a big zero in the playoffs and stuff, I don't. I'm not too familiar with his game. I know he did get run out of the playoffs the last few times. Wasn't really making an imprint. Um, I'm excited for it. But I keep thinking in the back of my mind, these guys might not even stick around. That's why I'm not getting too attached to them. I think Nurkic is going to be here to stay for sure. But the thing is, is like I think Nurkic, even Little, who's more exciting to me, um, they might be gone. And uh, you know what? We have such depth where it's just like, I don't even want to see Grayson Allen as much because I'm so excited about everybody else on this roster. That's fair, Matthew. I, I was going to kind of say that, and, and I, I'm going to start sounding like a broken record, but I really do believe this. This is a really good problem for Frank Vogel to have. I mean, you look and look, I don't know if we're the deepest team in the NBA. That remains to be seen. But if you look at on paper, how do you play all of these guys? And, and I kind you of agree with you, Matthew. Like, it is going to be a little hard to get attached to some of these guys because let's be real. 
We could wake up tomorrow. There could be another move on the horizon. There's a little bit of rumors and everything. We got a lot of players that bring depth and defense and can shoot, spread the floor and all that. It's going to be interesting, but I do believe, you know, outside of the Dame stuff and the Aiton stuff, they made the trade for some of these other guys for a reason. And I hope we keep Naz Little. That's all I'm saying. So Ted offensive in the chat. Voida, now that Grayson is on the Suns, does he still have a top 10 punchable face in the NBA? Uh, I know he didn't make my top five. Top 10, I think he's still there. Uh, I kind of want to sock him still. I mean, it's just it's just one in the well, kiss on Monday. Yeah, you know, the opportunity, right? You might <laughs> yeah. be standing right next to him. <laughs> See how punchable it is. Please get it on camera so we can upload good, it. Good, good question. Good question. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you guys. You know, Grayson uh, Allen. We just have to see. I, I don't know if he will be on this team. I still feel there's some a couple transactions out there, and I do what I do like what Saltiest Gaming said in the chat. He goes something that is overlooked is the fact that Suns can make a trade for a player that they couldn't before with their huge contracts and minimum players. What they did is by taking DA's contract and splitting it up, now you have Yusuf Nurkic, who's at $16 I believe. You have uh, uh, Grayson Allen, who's at $8 and you have Nasir Little, who's, I think, at 6 So that gives you... Those were unrestricted free agents. Yes, (laughs) unrestricted next year. So those become trade chips with potentially draft picks and i know we don't have a ton uh, but we still have some you know second round picks and things of that nature we do have things to where the suns can make little things happen now so again it opens up from some flexibility which is a plus that they didn't have prior to the overall transaction you guys have both talked a little bit about nasir little tell me t- tell me what you guys are seeing because i think i'm on the other side of the coin on this one well what i do is i haven't really watched him at all but what i do read what i have read what I do read, what I have read about him um, is, you know, he does have the effort out there. I think the one podcast we had, um, have we only had two? The podcast during the trade where I did talk about just how he is known to be a guy that can, you know, leave it all on the court. Um, he has improved. His stats have every year, but also his three-point shooting is over at 40%, so that's nice to have. And that not all that might not even be true because I don't even really watch them. So what do you think, Sunsky? I'm going to echo what you said, and I, I don't want to sound like a like an expert on him don't necessarily, echo I but I will. Well, I, I agree with you, actually. I didn't I, say anything. Matt, we got to work on our team chemistry. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I got to leave here in like a minute anyway. So <laughs> I saw, I sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just going to echo what you said, though, because I do believe he is a player, though, when he's actually. And sorry, John. I, I do actually have to use this. That's word here. fair. That's when fair. He is healthy. The dude plays hard. He shows up. He plays defense, can hit shots. I feel like he's going to be one of the – and, you know, I know a lot of people hate him, but just like with Grayson Allen and with Jordan Goodwin, he's going to be one of those practice players that's going to be up in your face, and that's what Beal, KD, and and uh, Booker need and all that. So uh, I, 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 I'm in for this move. I like I, what I – I like what Durantula says. Nasir Little averaging five to six points on a lottery team is not excited. Everything that I kind of hear about Little coming out of Blazers camp is they're very uh, – one, they all thought he was going to be traded this offseason because he just he didn't show continual growth as a player. Yep. This is somebody who uh, ultimately was taking with the 20, 25th overall pick back in 2019. He's six foot five. He has a ton of athletic ability, but he's also been regressing. And, and part of that is due to injuries, but part of that is just um, engagement on the court and, th- and things of that nature. He He's regressed from – a shooting standpoint, you know, Matthew talked about his three-point shooting. The best year he had 
was this past season at 36.7%. He's a career 33.5% three-point shooter. So he's he's just he knows Grayson Allen. I was thinking about my bad. Yeah, Grayson Allen can shoot the three ball. And that's yeah, why he, he, he's a valuable asset. And I think that he's somebody who could stick on this team. I think Nasir Little is somebody who, again, uh, flex from Jersey says that the Suns were high on this guy. He's a developmental kind of guy, and that's the advantage I guess they have. When you talk about a team that's too deep, you know, you're taking a look at Little, who at this point is how old? Is he? He's 23 years old. He's going to be 24 this season. And if you <clears> want to kind of have him hang around the background, James Jones kind of guy work on some skills, but he has regressed in defense. Uh, he, he's he's not a good off-ball defender in any way, shape, or form, which is kind of the That's majority fair. of the Portland Trailblazers were bad off-ball defenders. That's not something he excels at. He's kind of like a Saban Lee in which he can shoot the three ball, and he's great at attacking the cylinder, but he's really kind of bad in the mid-range. So he's he's not a three-tier player. Doesn't get and for somebody who attacks the cylinder as much as he does, if you look at his per 36s, because that's the best kind of way to analyze what he does because he only played 18 minutes uh, a game last season. But from a third per, uh, a th- a per 36 standpoint, he only averaged 1.7 free throw attempts. So he attacks the rim, he finishes well at the rim, but he doesn't do it enough to guard. He turned into just kind of like a three point shooter who stands around and. I don't know if, one, this team's going to keep him, and two, if they do, how much playing time he's going to get. So he's a salary guy. That's what you have to look at him. Keon Johnson is as good as waived, in my opinion. And and Nasir Little might be be waived as well. The only reason you don't waive him is the size of his contract, and you hope that he can can flash something. He can stay healthy by sitting behind the third. He's a third small forward on the bench. He could be behind fucking Ish Wainwright as the fourth, and you play him a little bit here and there and then just try to dish him around the trade deadline. Yeah, I think it's good to have him in uh, training camp too. Just Agreed. a bunch of those dudes yep. that are just ready to fight for for any Third spot job. on the team. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're fighting for everything except for uh, Devin Booker and the other guys. Um, but I'm <laughs> I'm gonna take off. I apologize. I am Get gonna take here, off. Matthew, I love Come you, Jamsters. <laughs> Go to zips. have a good rest of the night. Everybody drink a beer for zips. me. Drink a beer for me. All right. Bye-bye. It's find the Matthew. If you can find him at the right the camera, zips, you win a prize. After I get off. <laughs> you fucking bullshit, Pod. I can't believe they asked me on. Sons Geek what, kept Pod? interrupting me. All right, bye, guys. <laughs> Take care, Matthew. Bye. Uh, one thing I did want to obviously talk about is, you know, what CJ Oracle stays, <laughs> says in the chat. Matthew's going to hang out on the pod, apparently. Uh, do you all think we will trade for TJ McConnell and how much? So that's obviously Good segue. a great segue into the <laughs> transactions that are still out there. Yahoo Sports' Jake Fisher reported that the Suns continue to pursue, pursue Indiana's TJ McConnell. So question one, I guess I have for you, Suns Geek, is TJ McConnell a good fit? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This has been a player that I've always liked in everything. Um, you know, I don't know if this term gets thrown around a lot. And like, you know, the NBA verse and, and football and all that. But like, is it fair to say he's a Swiss army knife? And one thing that stands out for me is I believe last season it was like five assists or something like, like that in just 20 minutes off mm-hmm. the bench, by the way. Yeah. You know, he's got decent size for a guard. Been in the league for a little bit. I think he's like 32 or something like that. Sounds about doesn't right. really seem like he is. You know, can do a lot of different things out there. And it's not the first time that he's been linked to the Phoenix Suns, whether it's a rumor or a trade or whatever it may be, this has been building for a while. And I don't know, man, I could see it now. Again, this is also another good problem to have. Like, who are you going to give up? How does this trade work? You and I could analyze all day. People can go to the trade machines and all that. But if we trade for TJ McConnell, I believe it's the right move. And you've heard me say it a lot. I've heard you say it. I feel like he's a James Jones kind of guy. And 
whether that's good or bad, because obviously we haven't won a championship yet, still remains to be seen. But I'm I'm on board if we trade for him if we don't give up too much. You know what I mean? I don't know how much we can give up exactly. in an effort to get him. That you know he's yep. somebody who is also an unrestricted free agent. Uh, in two years, he has a player option yeah. next mm-hmm. year with the Indiana Pacers. Makes eight yep. million. So him for Grayson Allen straight up actually works. Probably so would for you, both sides. Would you do that if you were the Suns? Yeah, I would because I feel like the Pacers might surprise a little bit of people. I'm not saying they're going to be like a heavy favorite in the playoffs or everything, but I feel like they've been building and their rebuild is over. And they they had a you know I know they didn't make the playoffs last year and they're in the lottery and all that, but they got a lot of talent all starting with Tyrese Halliburton, and you could tell their rebuild was going to be short. So if it's Grace and Allen for TJ McConnell. It kind of works for both sides, and I'm not calling I'm not calling Grace now on a swift army knife, but it's like you're pretty much swapping a defensive guard for another defensive guard, and mm-hmm. there it is. So I look at it like this. You know, one, I agree. TJ McConnell on this team, I think, would really help from a depth standpoint because he's a true point guard. Yep. The only true point guard we have on this team currently is Jordan Goodwin, who obviously came over in the trade with the Washington Wizards for Bradley Beal, and we have while we've watched the highlights, we haven't seen him and how he uh, operates within the confines of Frank Vogel system, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Cause et he got cetera. hurt the first summer league game. We only yeah. saw like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. We got 10 minutes of him and it was over and that was it. So yep. it makes sense for the Phoenix suns. I don't know necessarily how it makes sense for the Indiana Pacers because he's an unrestricted free agent next year with McConnell. You still have some control. He does have a player option. So, that is on him. It's not It's not fully guaranteed, his contract, that is. So it's not a player option. I'm sorry. It's a non-fully guaranteed contract. So how that works essentially is if they choose to keep him on, he has to stay on the roster for a certain amount of time before his contract becomes fully guaranteed. So they do right. have control. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that they might value. And you go back and you look, the first rumors that happened earlier this summer relative to DeAndre Ayton and where his landing spot could be is the Indiana Pacers. A TJ McConnell and Miles Turner for DeAndre Ayton deal worked and didn't happen. And you have to think that that's because the Indiana Pacers either don't value DA as much as they were willing to pay him the max contract uh, two summers ago, or it was too much because they didn't want to give up Miles Turner. I believe it's the latter. I think they did not want to give up Miles Turner. So Grayson Allen for TJ McConnell might be something that's a little bit more appealing for them. But again, I think something needs to sweeten the pot a little bit because you have an unrestricted Grayson Allen head over to their side of the transaction. If you throw a couple second round picks in there, you know, it's a gamble again by the Phoenix Suns because, again, you don't know how long TJ McConnell is going to be with this organization if those second round picks can be utilized otherwise. But I think it's a good strategic move for the Suns to operate in that fashion. Yeah, and like even though I love TJ McConnell and I'm kind of hyping him up here, I know that second round picks, especially – With the Phoenix Suns, they get thrown around like Pokemon cards. You know what I mean? They get traded super fast and all that. But I will say, with all due respect to TJ, he is not worth, you know, a a player and a second-round pick. You know what I mean? Especially since we don't really have many and there's all those pick swaps. We got to kind of save those. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And also, too, something I was just thinking about when you were talking is, like, there's some teams out there that might be done with their off season. They might want to just take what they have oh, yeah. going into train. Obviously it's different with the Suns and all that, but maybe the Pacers are like, you know what? We're good. You know, we had a good off season. I forget how many guards they have, but I feel like they kind of have a lot of guards. So even if Phoenix did call them and said, Hey, you want to do a swap? I could see them saying no, but again, it's sort of like with the Deandre Ayton thing. It seemed like Damian Lillard one day was going to go to Toronto. And the next day it was the heat that all changed with the phone call. Who knows, man? But it you can know, happen again, quick. 
if if the Suns can somehow do it, get TJ McConnell. Rob Bart asks in the chat, do you think we should go after Drew Holiday? Yeah, but I don't see a scenario how that happens. I mean, Drew Holiday is a really great player, great defensive guard, won a title and all that, but I think it's extremely unlikely. But what do I know, John? Because I didn't think Bradley Beal, I, I didn't even get Bradley Beal like a 2% chance of being yeah. here. Now he's on our team. What do I know? Well, I think the difference is now that we are in the new season, the Bradley Beal transaction took place in the old season, last exactly. season. Yep. So it could, it could happen. Drew Holiday is slated to make $35 million this next season. He's got a player option for 37-3 next year. Unless you're trading Bradley Beal for him, we don't have the assets to stack exactly. to do it. Yeah. I'm like, I can't see that. I just, I can't see it literally happening from, he's going to end up, I'm hoping if I could pick a place where Drew Holiday ends up and because the the Portland Trailblazers don't want to hold on to him, I hope it's the Philadelphia 76ers for two yeah. reasons. One, it means James Harden is out of there and most likely would end up on the Clippers because I feel it like it would be a three-team deal involving the Clippers and it'd just fun, be fun to see Westbrook and Harden on the Clippers and just not work. So that would benefit us. And then it'd be funny to see Drew Holiday go to Philadelphia and then have to D up Dame Lillard on the Milwaukee Bucks and just fucking own his ass. So from a basketball standpoint, that's where I kind of hope he ends up. And it would be a little bit of a homecoming too, because I believe he got drafted there and all that played yeah. a couple of years there. And let's be real. I mean, we're not Sixers experts here, but that, that James Harden just needs to get traded. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because it's fun to make trades, but it is long overdue. You know what I mean? Trade James Harden already. Get Joel Embiid some consistent, real help. And like you said, I want to see Drew Holiday go up against Dame Lillard in the East. Yeah, I think that's that crazy. Was... Lillard's in the East now. That just hit me just now. I know, right? Drew Holiday's in the West, so we got to right. get him out of here. Okay. <laughs> get him back to the Eastern Conference. He's a book killer. Uh, <laughs> right. Suns Media Day is next Monday. So I know you had some questions about Suns Media Day. Take it away, Suns Media. Yeah, so this was a segment that, you know, we we were supposed to get our friend Trevor Booth on. Trevor's a great guy, by the way, and I hope to get him on eventually one day, but scheduling didn't really work out. And, John, this was actually inspired by an article. I, I don't – did you write this one? Because this was from Bright Side of the Sun, and I think I sent yes. it to you. Yes, yeah, the uh, change narrative DeAndre Ayton one. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, okay, so I wanted to talk about this, and I love this quote right here. Now, keep in mind, this article was written a long time ago, and this kind of inspired me to talk about this. Because, by the way, Suns fans, if you didn't know, Media Day is Monday, October 2nd. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. John, I don't know about you, but in my personal opinion, that is when basketball season starts. So you're like, yes. okay, Suns geek, get to the point. All right, so you wrote this a long time ago. Now, obviously, DeAndre Ayton was still on the roster then. Thankfully for DeAndre, the roster entering the 2023-24 season is much different than it was a year ago. Last year, Jay Crowder was holding out. Robert Sarver was suspended, and his comments were made public. Media Day 2022 felt like a funeral. So, John, mm -hmm. just real quick, before we talk about Media Day this year, can you just tell me what it was like being there and the awkwardness? Because we saw the DeAndre and stuff you know, his comments there and even just seeing the stuff on Twitter and certain videos, because I cover, I, I wasn't there obviously, but I covered media day on my channel. It mm -hmm. just felt weird. How, how was it, man? Like, I, I want to just hear you and then we'll talk about media day this year. Sure. So it, it was strange because, uh, so it was my first media day with yeah. the Suns. Uh, 
you know, I, I write for Bright Side of the Sun. For those who don't know, I'm the managing editor of that website. And last year, I was the deputy manager. Uh, Dave King was still the managing editor, but I went with media credentials to the event. So it was my first time attending. And it, it occurred, for those of you who are familiar with the area, it didn't occur in the Footprint Center. It occurred on the south side of the Footprint yep. Center, where I believe it used to be Alice Cooperstown. Used to be. Maybe not Alice Cooperstown. I know what you're another, talking about. It was an, there was another bar. It's a brick bar. Yep. Uh, and that's where it took place. So it wasn't like walking, like you walk in, you get your credentials. You had to like walk upstairs yep. around down into another room that used to like hold private events. And it was a little bit of a bigger room, but you know, yeah. you sit there, a bunch of the folding chairs, Brian Winhorst was sitting right there. Nice. Uh, Crispy Haynes was there, you know, obviously with everything that had happened around the Phoenix suns and, and Jay Crowder and Robert Sarver, a lot of national media attention was focused on the Phoenix suns and their media day. And when you when you sat down in there and the first guy to come out is James Jones and the questions instantly start happening. And the, the reason I said it felt like a funeral is because it was in this kind of like small little room. Yep. Uh, and all of the the energy was negative because all the questions were negative. This is a team that had just won 64 games. But that being said, this is a team that had just been bounced out of the playoffs in game seven against the Mavs. So there's a negative feeling still percolating. The Suns didn't do a lot last offseason to really improve their roster. They ran they, it back. They ran it back. I had issues with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they brought in like Josh Akogi, yep. you know, but they, they they ultimately, from a starting five standpoint, they ran it back, but one of the players didn't want to run it back, and that was Jay Crowder. So it was just a negative question after negative question after negative question. Uh, and, and I remember I was sitting on the side where the players – uh, were leaving and they were exiting, but DeAndre Ayton came in that door because he goes against the grain. And I remember he walked in and he walked in with the lady and he was like kind of joking and laughing with her. And I literally saw him like change his face as he started heading towards the podium and he just completely lost all joy in his face. You know, he's sitting there, he's laughing, he's joking, he, you know, he's kind of ribbing her a little bit, you know, and, and then, and he, and then he stonewalls yep. it and then walks up there and then has to answer those questions. And that's understandable from a human element, but it was just kind of a microcosm of the day in its totality. And it was a bunch of, you know, how do you guys feel about Jay? This sucks about Robert Sarver. No one was talking about 64 wins. No one was talking about, you know, the Kevin Durant rumors were running rampant and everybody, you know, was on edge. Cam Johnson was asked, answering questions about knowing that he is a potential trade asset and what it felt like to actually do that. In fact, Cam Johnson was probably the most enjoyable interview that day because like of his, he is. his mm -hmm. bright spunky kind of just inquisitive nature and his well-articulated articulated ways were something that was a, a breath of fresh air after you know coach and 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 james yeah. jones it's one after another just kind of going yeah. through this rigmarole right thank you for answering that man I, that's a conversation you and i probably would have had like in private or whatever because i i wanted to ask you that anyway i'm surprised i actually didn't ask you that before but when I read that article that you wrote and it's on bright side of the sun and everything, I was like, damn, that was like a really good like quote or whatever. I was like, I had, I was going to talk about that on my own channel. And then, you know, we started talking and we got Trevor involved and all that, but it's also probably because my dad had just died and uh, yeah, I was yeah. used to funerals at that time. You know, but this year's media day, which again, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be covered. Uh, I assume that the suns are broadcasting it on their YouTube page, but yeah, it's 10 AM mm -hmm. Monday yep. morning. Matthew and I will both be there. Uh, in fact, we're going to awesome. be doing a live podcast from there, Jamster. Nice. So, you know, make sure you tune into the channel because, uh, we're gonna find a spot somewhere, and then you know, oh, yeah. set up a my phone, and stream from there, and sit yep. next to each other, not do kind of this thing, but more of like, hey, what yeah, do you yeah. think? Like, yeah, exactly. that was kind of funny. I got yep. 
figure out which side I look better from, which is probably <laughs> neither, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's super exciting. It's because it, again, this truly feels, and, and this one's going to be happening inside the arena, yeah. <laughs> not across mm-hmm. the street. So uh, I'm excited to see to to feel the vibe and feel the energy around a team that has so much newness to it. Uh, and this time, you know, there's Kevin Durant's walking in and Bradley Beal, and, exactly. and 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 to ask Devin Booker how he feels about everything that's been put around him and how he brought these people here. How what what does that truly feel like and things of that yeah. nature? Exactly. And and I, I guess we don't have to spend too much time on it because you kind of just answered it. Like, I guess that's kind of what we're anticipating and what we're hoping for. And that's the reason I want to talk about this. I just hope that media day is more optimistic, better. And sure, there's going to be some negative stuff. Like, you know, a lot of it's going to be about DeAndre Ayton and everything. Yeah, for like but, James Jones, it yeah. definitely will be in a little bit Frank Vogel, I assume. Exactly. But like media day, even for like the worst teams in the league, man, it's supposed to be like a day of hope. You know, everyone's yes. excited. Everyone's there. You know, me, you get to talk to everybody for the most part. At least that's what we assume is going to happen and all that. So I will be there in spirit. I wish I could be there, but I unfortunately will not be uh, but I hope you and Matthew have a great time. I can't wait to watch that pod. And thank you for answering that, man. Because I just, last year's media day was just so weird, man. That was, I don't know. I had a bad feeling after that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think we all did as Suns fans. Yeah. You know, it was it was awkward. And I think that awkward, you could feel yeah. it. Because I, I went back and I watched some of the interviews. Because I was Ugh. obviously gathering quotes that I didn't can- capture in the moment to you know, for some of the articles and pieces that we were putting out on bright side of the sun. And like, you yep. could feel it. Cause, and you could see that the, the guys were just, they, they knew it was coming. I think that's what it was. It's the first chance to get in front of people with some really uncomfortable topics and they handled themselves as well as they could. But ultimately I think it hurt the way that, uh, that, that, that whole perception of following a 64 win season. And that was kind of the tone, the rest of the season. So for real uh, quick shout out. We have a super chat from blaze megatron a ten dollar australian dollars mind you he says today is the aussies rule football grand finale normally normally every day is all about the suns for me but but my team collingwood magpies made it can i get a go pies from you both i know that i i I, (laughs) no hold on i will say i was stationed in korea for a year and when you're stationed in korea all they get is fucking aussie rules uh football and they do this thing when they score they go like this they go like (laughs) <laughs> so let's uh go pies go, go pies there you go you're welcome awesome. place i hope i i hope i did that right i mean it was a long fucking time ago i was stationed there in 2003 slash four so wow anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here today geek you know what first off this has been an excellent show even though i was interrupting matthew every like two seconds he interrupts I... himself <laughs> no it was a great show man i feel like i covered everything i wanted to cover uh, you know, shameless plug here. I'm not trying to take away from anything you and Matthew got going on, but I will also be live after media day because I'll be able to process some of the things and I might even do a second show after that, trying to warm up for the rate, the regular season and training camp and all that, because there's going to be a lot to take away from media day. I don't think one show can cover it. You know what I mean? I feel like you and I will probably 100%. look back and be like, Oh my God, this player said that we got to talk about it. You know what I mean? But uh, just getting hyped for the season, man. Like I said, Media day is when basketball season starts for me, and I've already talked about this on my channel and tonight. I will be in Phoenix for a week. Yes, shocker, I don't live in Phoenix. It's a long, boring story, but I will be there. Hopefully, we can get together, man, do a podcast or something like that, drink a couple beers, you know. I I reached out to Justin from the Fanning the Flames podcast. He wants to hang out and all that, so 
It's going to be a blast. I'm going to be filming content and all this stuff. So I'm hyped, man. Can't yeah, wait. we're we're excited to have you back out here. Obviously, the first time I ever met you was actually in person at a Suns yep. game. I believe it was uh, was the Suns Sacramento. Was it that season? Yeah, opener? I think it was like an early game, like early yeah. in the season game. Oh yeah. yeah, it was like the first or second season yep. game mm-hmm. game of the season. Yep. And I'll never I'll never forget one time I was at the game and like I was I followed you on Twitter and I don't know if you followed me yet and I could see you sitting down close to the court and I was like tweeting at you and stuff, you know. So once upon a time, so super excited to have you back in the valley. Uh, looking forward to hanging out with you next week. Suns Jam session again. We'll be live at Suns Media Day uh, on Monday. On Wednesday, I plan on going live with the Portland Trailcasters, nice. a, a, a Portland Blazers podcast. That's a talk about. Twister. Yeah, it is <laughs> Portland Trailcasters. So, looking forward to uh, talking with those guys and getting their perception on Nurkic and Little and Johnson, yep. uh, as well as pro- providing some insight. Uh, you know, for those of you who are very pro DA. You, might want not want to tune into that because I'm gonna be a little too real, you know, about DA. Uh, love the guy when he's here, wanted to succeed, but he obviously had his shortcomings. And when somebody wants to know uh, about somebody who's coming to their team, you're gonna give them the entire picture. So I'll Preach. tell them, the, I'll, I'll give them the pros and I'll give them the cons. You know, hashtag keeping it real. And then obviously we'll be doing a live show sometime next week uh, when Suns Geeks in town. So plenty of stuff upcoming we're ramping up for the season ladies and gentlemen boys and girls jamsters of all ages geek squad all over the place we're looking forward to all the content that we're going to be bringing you this upcoming season this can be a great season for the phoenix Suns. so anything else you got for them sons geek that's it man just you know buckle up your seat belts and get ready this is going to be a crazy season i know you and i and matthew are going to be working together a lot i can't wait god bless you guys stay safe out there Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait for this season. And go home and love your family.